the avoidance of the mind in oneself and with reference to this yoga Lord Krishna gives various instructions <coughs> even before this is the verse Sankalpa Prabhavan Kaman Tyaktva Sarvan Asheshadaha Manasaivendriyagramam Viniyamya Samantadaha First of all Lord Krishna says Sankalpa Prabhavan Kaman Tyaktva First of all giving up in the mind all the desires which have arisen from Sankalpa from various resolves from various notions whatever variety of desires that arise in the mind Tyaktva First of all, making the mind free from all these desires. <coughs> By recognizing the, the fact that the desire arises only because the mind thinks there is somewhere else what it is seeking. A desire is an expression of one's own lack. At the same time also, the expression of the notion that what I am seeking is to be found elsewhere. So there are habitual desires in the mind. Even after one, even after one has understood, then also habitually the mind may entertain desires. For because that is what it has been doing for a long time. So when we find mind entertaining various desires, then release the mind from this desire for making it say that what it is desiring it is its own self. Although it thinks that that happiness which it is seeking is to be found there, it is not there. It is the nature of one's own self. In this manner, make the mind free from the desires. Manasa eva indriyagramam viniyamya samantaraha Indriyagramam, this whole group of sense organs, the organs of perception and the organs of action, samantaraha viniyamya, controlling it from all sides, manasa, by the mind, by the viveka buddhi. So as we discussed last time, how slowly and slowly we seek to withdraw our mind and and make it focused upon the self in different stages first stage is even when the mind is thinking of the world let us say <coughs> or objects and things of the world and its relationship with the things being of the nature of raga and dvesha therefore it gets disturbed and so we make the mind see the order where there is no need for any likes or dislikes so everything is perfect so everything is fine there was no need for any attachment. If something is finer than something else, then attachment here, aversion there. But this also is okay, that also is okay. Not only okay, it's perfect. Sarvam khaloidam brahma tat jaranidhi shantupasita As the Upanishad says, that everything is indeed brahma. Tat jalan, brahma is that from which the whole universe has come out, by which the whole universe is sustained, unto which the whole universe goes back, that very material cause of the whole universe is Brahman and so whatever there is, is indeed Brahman. Just as all the parts that come out from the clay are sustained by the clay and go back into clay, so wherever the parts are, there the clay is and so, so wherever anything is there in the universe, there Brahma is. Iti Shantaha Then there is nothing superior, nothing inferior, nothing better, nothing good, bad or indifferent because everything is Brahman. From the standpoint of the name and form, we may have categories of good and bad or perhaps something better than the other. But with reference to the essence, everything is the same. Thus focus the attention from the name and form to the essence and the mind becomes quiet. Shantahupasida. This is how one quietens one's mind from the disturbances that can arise on account of seeing inequalities in, in the world. <coughs> 
and thus slowly withdraw the mind and come to the body, to the, to the breath and to ultimately japa and then to the self. Sanehi, sanehi, uparamed. Slowly and slowly may you withdraw the mind. Buddhya, dhriti, grihidaya. And that process of withdrawal or the folding up of the mind should be done by buddhi, by the intellect. Dhriti, grihidaya. That which is endowed with the fortitude, endowed with viveka buddhi, with that buddhi, viveka, with that buddhi, may you bring the mind slowly and slowly and focus in, onto the self. So, it's by buddhi or by viveka that this is to be done. Atmasam sammanah kritva. And thus, when the mind is focused upon the self or abides in the self, what self? Atmayvedam sarvam. When the mind is made to see, of course, a lot of teaching goes behind this. Atma Ivedam Sarvam, all of this is indeed Atma alone. There is nothing other than the self. All there is is self alone. There is nothing other than the self. So, this vision is called, so making the mind abiding in this vision is called making the mind abiding in the self. Self is not a place where you focus the mind. Self is a vision. Atmai Vedam Sarvam na tatahanyatkinjitasti. All there is is the self alone and there is nothing other than the self. There is nothing other than Brahma. Nothing other than completeness. Nothing other than order. And whatever word you like to use. Nothing other than consciousness. So in this vision, let the mind abide. This is called Atmasamsam Manakratva, where the mind is, is focused on the self. This is the culmination of the yoga. Culmination of the practice of concentration of focusing of the mind. And then may you not think of anything else. When the mind abides in this vision of seeing the self everywhere and everything, nothing but the self then there is no need to think further. This is where the mind should be held in that vision. Then the verse 102 said, Yato Yato Nishcharati However, even though the mind, even though one thus strives to focus the mind upon this, on this vision, still the mind being chanchalam and askiram, being unsteady, being chanchalam, restless, Askiram unsteady. This being, this restlessness or unsteadiness being there in the mind somewhat, therefore one will find that the mind does get distracted. Yataha yataha nischarati. And these instructions are applicable to any particular seating of meditation. Whenever you find your mind, suppose you want to do japa, you want to meditate on something, you just want to repeat a name, you want to focus upon a form, or you want to dwell upon something. And you find the mind gets distracted. Yataha yataha nischaradi. For whatever reason the mind gets distracted. Because there is still some residual restlessness and unsteadiness in the mind. Therefore, the mind does get distracted into the various objects. Tatastataha niyamya. From there the mind should be again brought back. Now there are different ways. Sat, chit and ananda. We must see the reason why the mind is distracted into something. Is it that the mind sees some happiness there or it sees some, some fulfillment or security there? Is that the reason why the mind runs there? 
then we make the mind see the true nature of the thing. Mithyatvadi dosadarsanena abhasikritya Does the mind see some reality there? Meaning, does the mind give reality to something? Then there will arise, there will arise either attachment or aversion. Attachment or aversion arise when you give reality to something. So, mithyatva darsanena Make the mind see the mithyatvam <coughs> that there appears to be happiness in the object, it is not really there, it is just a reflection. There appears to be reality, the object appears to be real, but it doesn't have its own reality. The reality also is borrowed reality. And the reality of this is nothing but asti, meaning the sat or chit. In this manner, where the mind gets focused upon a name and form, shift. Shift the focus from name and form to the essence. And that is how Atma Samsam Manakritva. Tatastata Niyamyetat Atmaniyo Vashamnayet. This is called Abhyasa and Vairagya. Lord Krishna explains this process of Abhyasa and Vairagya. Vairagya is Wherever the mind is a raga or attachment or aversion, make the mind free from the attachment and aversion by showing the mithyatvam. Even if you don't see the mithyatvam of an object, at least mithyatvam of the ragadveshas can be seen. You see, there are two kinds of creations. One is the creation of God, which is this world. Other is creation of my own mind, which is looking upon the world either with raga or dvesha, what you call the shobhanadhyasa, meaning Attaching a value which is not there. Or attaching also a, a dosha which is not there. Sometimes we attach with a thing a value which it doesn't have. Sometimes we attach with a thing an evil which is not there. So if I attach a value which is not there, raga, attachment comes. If I see a dosha or evil which is not there, then dvesha comes. So both raga and the dveshas come because my mind assigns values which are not there. Let the mind see this. And that's how the mind becomes free from the preoccupation of a given thing. And it is not that one has to do this merely in the seat of meditation. This is what one should do constantly. This process of abhyasa and vairagya. Vairagya meaning constantly attempting to make mind free from ragadveshas, knowing that it is merely a projection. And naturally if, if if the scriptures say that everything is Brahman, where is the question of something being superior, other thing being inferior? That as long as my focus, attention is focused upon the name and form, so long of course I see the diversity and disparity. When I shift the focus to what is the essence of any form, then there is no diversity and no disparity. A one ornament will be bigger than another ornament, perhaps more shapely than the other ornament, but in as much as both of them are gold, at the level of gold, there is nothing superior, nothing inferior. So, coming back to the reality, coming back to the reality, the mind by its habit goes to the, to the superfluousness of a name and form and outer stuff and bring the mind back to the reality. Alright, what is the essence of this outer stuff? What is the essence of this name and form? <coughs> Every time mind gets disturbed or upset or whatever, ask what for are you upset? For what? For a name and form or for the essence? It can be upset only for a name and form. can never be upset 
for the essence. Essence can never make him upset. <coughs> so this is called Vairagya, seeing the mithyatva or the falsity of Ragadveshas. And this abhyasa or the practice, this repetition is written again and again and again. Not once, but constantly. So it is not that these verses apply merely to 15 minutes or half an hour of meditation. This should become the way of life. This should become the very way of life. As reactions arise in the mind, see the mithyatvam, that's all. As the reaction arises, see the, the fact that the basis for reaction is not there. <coughs> With the help of the teaching, of course. Not that I insist that everything is mithya. Mithyatvam is something to be seen. Not to be insisted upon, but so says here. Mithyatvadi dosha darshanaena abhasi kritya. See that any name and form in alien abhasa is an appearance of the reality, and this is how there can be no attachment or identification with which is which is an abhasa or appearance. Atmavach vairagya bhavana purogam nirudhya. In this manner. Again, bringing the mind back to the self. This bringing is not out and in. Seeing the self. If the mind thinks of a tape, tape, I mean, you know, kasaid, let it think. But what is this kasaid? A name and form. And what's the reality about the kasaid? The kasaid is. Kasaid shines. And kasaid is useful. Kasaid is asti. Kasaid shines, bhadi. Kasaid is useful, priyam. Asti bhati and priyam. Uh, anything, any object, essence is asti, bhati and priyam. Thus we bring the mind back to asti, bhati. When the mind is disturbed, for so many, how can I do my work if I think of only asti? Not, as long as mind is fine, is doing its thing, okay. When it gets disturbed, then remember this. So then the teaching is, if the mind is quiet and doing its job, which is required to do, fine. Whenever it gets upset or disturbed, remind, what for am I upset? What is the worth, what is the value of the thing about which I am upset? You know, what is its significance? What is this relevance? What is this reality? And when we thus make the mind see that the reality of that thing is just, it is, it is some kind of a reality, but an apparent reality. So it says, abhasi kritya. Make, make the mind see that the problems are all abhasa. Abhasa means, they only belong at the level of an appearance and not at the level of the reality. <coughs> we are talking about that kind of meditation of a seeker or a person who has done the shravanam, mananam. This is the nididhyasaram that is being talked about here. Etan manaha atmaniyo vashamnayet atmavashyatam apadayet. And that's again bring the mind back to the focus upon the self. Evam yogam abhyasataha abhyasabalad atmaniyam manah prashantyati prashantyati and thus the one who is doing this abhyasa doing this practice of making the mind again and again see the nature of the self and the unreality of other things slowly atmaniyam manah prashantyati this is how the mind becomes abiding in the self. Then no effort is going to be required. Because really speaking, abidance of the mind in the self also is natural. If mind did, were not distracted or disturbed, 
it would happily abide in itself because self is a board of all the happiness and security and there's no reason why mind should not abide there really that should be no difficulty at all how come we have so much difficulty in focusing the mind or concentrating the mind only because mind sees elsewhere what is not there and mind fails to see in the self what is there but once the mind sees the self is of the nature of happiness the happiness that appears elsewhere is just an appearance to the extent that the mind sees sees that to that extent it will be easier for the mind to abide in itself and for yogi manah prashamyate so for a wise man for a yogi whose mind abides in the self prashamyate mind becomes completely tranquil completely silent not thoughtless but we mean silent or tranquil devoid of any disturbance or devoid of any conflicts or distractions manah prashanto kim bhavati and the question is asked here manah prashanto thus when the mind has become prashant prakarshena shantam when the mind has attained that absolute tranquility total total tranquility kim bhavati then what happens this is a question so what happens to this yogi whose mind has thus become quiet silent abiding in the self what happens to him so what exactly is the nature of that silence then the verse 103 says prashanta manasam kenam प्रशातमनसंहेनम योगिनम सुखमुत्तम योगिनम सुखमुत्तम उपैति शांतरजसम उपैति शांतरजसम ब्रह्मभूतमकर्मसम ब्रह्मभूतमकर्मसम प्रशातमनसम ही एनम योगिनम सुखम उत्तमम उपैति शांतरजसम ब्रह्मभूतम अकलमसम योगी सो मेनी एट्रीब्यूट आर गिवन हियर ऑफ द योगी फर्स्ट इज प्रशांत मनसम सेकेंड इज योगिनम थर्ड इज शांत रजसम फोर्थ इज ब्रह्मभूतम एंड फिफ्थ इज अकलमसम दिस इज हाउ अ योगी और अ वाइज मैन इज डिस्क्राइब प्रशांत मनस शांत रजसम his mind is devoid of any rajas and tamas we said earlier that the mind is made up of these three gunas or you may say the three uh, moods or three dispositions or whatever you want to call them three gunas sattva rajas and tamas rajas is characterized by activity restlessness or agitation tamas is characterized by dullness sleep and sattva is characterized by balance tranquility so as this rajas and tamas this activity which arises again activity arises because there are desires because there are reactions and thus in wake of this understanding of the knowledge as the reactions and the desires etc which disturb the mind from within as they become slowly and slowly resolved the mind becomes quieter and quieter so in vedanta we are also seeking to quiet in the mind but how we are seeking is by making the mind free from those causes which disturb the mind 
So even if you don't do any yogic practice in terms of pranayama or dharana, dhyana, etc. But if you do this practice of abhyasa and vairagya, making the mind see why is, whenever the mind gets disturbed, try to find out why is the mind disturbed. What is there? Some raga, some dvesha, something must be there. Discover that and make the mind see the fallacy of raga dvesha. So when the cause of disturbance is removed, the mind becomes quiet. Rather than making the mind quiet by a certain practice, which is also okay, but here we seek to remove from the mind the potential causes of that which disturbs the mind. Raga and Dvesha. Raga is Rajas and Dvesha is Tamas. Attachment, aversion. Attachment arises from bhoga buddhi. I want to get something, acquire something, possess something, enjoy something. All of that is rajas. I want to get rid of something. I hate something, you know. I love something, rajas. I hate something, tamas. So this rajas and tamas. So the two things are only there. So don't have a third thing. I hate it and I love it. That's all. And the mind always like a pendulum goes from one to the other. That is what we call a balance, which is not devoid of hate or love. It's something that transcends that hate and love. Recognizing that hate and love, both of them belong only to a certain, to only outer name and form. There cannot be hatred or love for myself. And thus, the essence of anything is the essence of myself. So by this vision and by the mind, the practice of the mind which is made to abide in the nature of the self which is fullness. And thus, Shanta Rajasam, Prakshina Mohadi Klesha Rajasam. All this Mohadi Klesha, the infatuation which is there, fascination somewhere else, resentment somewhere else. So which are the causes for disturbance of the mind? As the mind is, as these causes are resolved, every time, the mind gets disturbed, we address what is the reason why there was a disturbance. Some resentment, some attachment, some aversion, some, some jealousy, we take it up and resolve it. <coughs> and that's how the mind becomes more and more free from the causes of disturbance and thus naturally becomes quiet. Prakshina muhadi kleshrajasam, that's how atahayeva Prashantam Manasam. That's the reason why the mind of a yogi is Prashantam, Prakarshena Shantam. Not only temporarily quiet, it is effortlessly quiet. So we get the mind now and then becomes quiet, you know, when I wanted something that has happened or whatever it is, and then the mind may be resolved, temporarily free from some desire or free from whatever. But then here, Prashantam, it is quiet or tranquil, without any reason. Not that the mind is quiet because something has happened or something did not happen. It is quiet because its nature is quiet. That is the nature of the mind. Rajas and Tamas or Agadveshas are unnatural conditions of the mind. Disturbance or distraction, etc. is not a natural condition of the mind. The natural condition of the mind is tranquility. Prasantamanasam Prakarshena Atyasam Shantam so his mind becomes free from vikshepa, 
all forms of distractions. All of this is the result of a tremendous amount of work that he has done. Don't think that, you know, this is something that progressively one keeps doing. And that is how inch by inch you, you proceed. Ultimately attain a state where the mind has become free from any cause of reaction. Not overnight it happens. Or not by miracle it happens. It happens by a deliberate effort. So, and everybody can make it. Everybody should make it. That whenever the mind is disturbed, you must understand. That's good. When the mind is disturbed, fine. That's an occasion to learn something. When the mind is tranquil, enjoy it. When the mind is disturbed, enjoy it also. Okay, this is an occasion to learn something about the mind. Why is the mind disturbed? Somewhere there is something. Somewhere attachment is there. Aversion is there. Insecurity is there. Something is there. Okay, bring it to the surface. Address it. And thus, every time the mind gets disturbed, becomes an occasion for me to work with it. <coughs> so, prakarshena atyartham shantam. Totally shanta or tranquil. Vikshepa shunyam. Devoid of any vikshepa or any distraction. So, yogi becomes prashanta manaha. Manaha, mind is prashantam. And therefore, brahma bhutam. Therefore, one who has become brahma. Again, not that he is to become Brahma. He is Brahma. Except that, that fact is now recognized. There is abidance now in the fact that I am Brahma. Brahma Vedam Sarvam Idi Nishchevattaya Jeevan Muktam One who has become Brahma. How has he become Brahma? Brahma Vedam Sarvam All of this is indeed Brahma alone. Wherever the mind goes, it is Brahma. Therefore, Dhrugdrusha Viveka Shai says Deha Bhimane Galide Vijnyade Paramatmani Yatra Yatra Manoyade Tatra Tatra Samadaya When this Deha Bhimanam identification of the body Galite has melted away Vijnyade Paramatmani and when one has known the self as Paramatma the self that is limitless Yatra Yatra Manoyade then he knows everything in the self so Yatra Yatra Manoyade wherever the mind goes Tatra Tatra Samadaya his mind always abides in Brahma it can go any place. Wherever it goes is Brahma alone. So this knowledge makes the yogi Brahma. Knowledge that everything is Brahma. He becomes Brahma. Brahma Veda, Brahma Yogavati. Knowing Brahman, one becomes Brahma. Meaning one discovers the truth about oneself, which is Brahma. <coughs> so says Brahma Bhutam, one who has become Brahma. One who was Brahma, but took oneself to a jiva. And now knows the self as Brahma. <coughs> and also further, Akalmasham, one is free from any impurity. Kalmasham means sin, who is sinless. Adharamadi Varjitam, where is the sin? Sin or virtue can attach itself to, a, to the ego. And one who has become, that is, one who has, the ego has become false, one who doesn't have any reality for the ego. So one who has become from the sense of doership. As I said, even for a wise man, the doership continues at the level of Yavahara. But then, that notion that I am a doer, one has become free from the notion of doership. He becomes free from the, from the dharma and the dharma because the one who does the action is the one who gets connected to the result. And that one alone has, he is accountable for whatever he or she does. So dharma and dharma both of them are at the level of ego. 
one who is on level of kartrutvam, doership, one who has become known that the self is not the doer. Naiva kinchit karomedi yukto manyeta tattvavit. The wise man sees, I, the self, does not do anything. Indriyani indriyaseshu vardande ititharyan. That whenever action is performed, what we call action is nothing but an interaction between this, the sense organs and the sense objects. Then interaction is called karma. Self is always presiding over everything. So self presides over the activities of sense organs and all the interactions of the sense organs with the sense object. And therefore there is no karma in the self. This is how one becomes free from the sense of doership, never free from any complexes of guilt or whatever. Because if I do something, I can be proud, I can be guilty. If I feel that adharma is there, I feel guilty. If dharma is there, I feel proud, whatever. Become free from these things, no complexes. Meaning, who has become free from all those hurts and guilts and all those complexes. So this is a real thing. Brahmajnana means what? Brahmajnana means what is Swamiji? I thought that he just sees everything. You know, he knows. What does he know? What happens? He, something happens to him. Don't think that Brahmajnana leaves him as he was. It's a complete transformation of his being. And the transformation which eliminates all obstacles which were there in the manifestation of the true nature of his own self. So all these complexes, all of them just stifle. They suffocate and stifle and do not let the true expression of my own self. And as those obstacles are removed, naturally, effortlessly, the true nature of the self, which is happiness or freedom, that just gets expressed. And so, uttamam sukham upaydi says here, that this, this sukha comes to the yogi. Listen, look at this. The grammar here is very interesting. In this sentence, upaiti, upaiti is the verb. That's the third person singular. And what is the subject here? Sukham. Sukham upaiti. Sukham being a neuter word, of course, the nominative and accusative are the same. But sukham here is in nominative. And what is the accusative? Yoginam. Prashantamanasam, Enam, Yoginam, Shantarajasam, Brahma Bhutam, Akalmasam. All these words are in the nominative. So wherever there is a verb of going, wherever there is a verb of motion, the place or the, the destination where the reaching takes place is always an accusative. Ramaha Gramam Gachade. So that Gramam is what? The object of going or object to where the going takes place. So that is always placed in the second case or the accusative case. Sukham yoginam upayati. Sukham is a subject. Yoginam is the accusative singular. Upayati is a verb in the third person singular. This happiness comes to the yogi. That's very interesting. Happiness comes to the yogi. Not the yogi has to go anywhere. Happiness comes to the yogi. Meaning what? Happiness becomes manifest. That's all. So therefore says, Uttamam Sukham Enam Yoginam Upayati. Uttamam Sukham. Not ordinary happiness. Uttamam. Ut, Uttara, Uttama. Ut, above. Uttara, superior. Ut, you know, Uttama. Or most superior. So superlative degree. 
ut uttara uttama in sanskrit this uh, uh, suffix tara is for comparative and tama is for superlative good better best so tara is better and tama is best uttama uttama means what that which is the the most exalted kshaitva kshaitva sadishaitvaadi doshrahitam sukham ordinary sukha ordinary happiness is there but whatever limitations are there in ordinary happiness it is this sukham is free from those limitations ordinary happiness is characterized by what kshaishnutva it is now there and is not there a, a moment later is now there and not there after some time this kshaya decaying or exhausting the meaning the happiness that we normally experience is limited in time it arises in time and subsides in time and i find again myself again pursuing some other happiness sadishatvam another 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 limitation of happiness that we experience is it could be better so how do you like this it was nice but could be better how was the idli this morning very good swami ji but not like quite the other day you know like the day we had you know on the day of brunch that was amazing wonderful so satishatva even when you're enjoying something even when you will watch super bowl yeah but not like the one that was in 19 what was it, 1991 or what 19, 1990 that was something else swami ji you know a very close game between the giants and the buffalo bills or whatever you know so close game the last minute suspense you know or when the victory takes place in the uh, overtime or extra time or whatever. so this kind of exciting this is all one sided game some you super bowl is okay but not like that so therefore whenever we are even enjoying something there is always we are aware that this is not adequate enjoyment that it could be better some you have never experienced that kind of an enjoyment you are talking about my enjoyment is always limited okay that is i know that it could be better meaning that happiness that we are experiencing is subject to uh, subject to destruction in time and even when it is there it is still limited in measure that i know that it could be better so this sukham this happiness that comes to yogi or manifest in yogi is what free from it doesn't go away in time nor can it be matched or improved upon so that which is not subject to improvement that which is not subject to uh, subject to uh, being destroyed that is called uttamam sukham upayadi upagachadi this kind of happiness comes to the yogi when does it come when his mind becomes totally tranquil why does the mind become totally tranquil because it has become free from various disturbances that disturb it what were those disturbances likes dislikes and whatever what is the reason for them aviveka non discrimination what is the reason for that ignorance ignorance of what ignorance of myself and therefore ignorance of the world for ignorance of god it is that ignorance which creates all kinds of notions and conclusions and which creates again see once i have right everybody has variety of conclusions swami ji everybody has prob- solution for all problems you know 
thing is, everybody has solutions of all the problems. You ask him, what should Clinton do? What should everybody knows what everybody should do? And so, what the mayor of New York should do, and what everybody has, you know has suggestions and solutions, except that nobody consults him. That's all, you know. The problem is, even though we know exactly how the world should function, unfortunately, nobody seems to consult us, and therefore, all our uh, all the wisdom that we have is of no use. So it remains suffocated inside. And when I find that things don't happen according to my wisdom, then I get strained inside without doing anything. It's very interesting how stress can come to me without anything happening to me. Something happens there, you know. Somebody does something and I'm stressed. Why? Because that person did not do it right. What do you mean? What do you call it right or wrong? Because I think it should be done in a certain way. He did not do it. Even though I'm not involved in it, I feel stressed. Every judgment that we have, every conclusion that we have is a potential source of stress. That this should be like this and not like that. Potential source of stress. And so, free from all stress. So, yogi is totally free from all the stress. And therefore, mind is tranquil, poised, relaxed, abiding. No obstacle to that happiness or freedom which is the nature of the self no obstacle for its manifestation. And therefore, it is said here that the happiness comes to the yogi. It's just a way of saying. <coughs> so in these three verses, whatever had to be said, said about yoga has been said. Again the author quotes other verses from the same chapter, wherein this idea is further, you know, is expanded. Sangriha. Sangahitartha prapancha paran, prapanchana paran. The artha, or the meaning that we described in the three verses, is further expanded in other verses of the same chapter, and tadiyaneva shlokan padhati. The author here quotes the verses again from the same chapter, of the same section of the same chapter, which expand the idea that has been mentioned or described in the three verses. So the verse 104 says, Yatroparamate chittam, Yatroparamate chittam, Niruddham yoga sevaya, Niruddham yoga sevaya, Yatrachaivatmanatmanam, Yatrachaivatmanatmanam, Pashyanatmanitushyadi, Pashyanatmanitushyadi. Yatra uparade chittam niruddham yoga sevaya Yatra cha evam atmana atmanam pasyanna atmani tushyate Yatra niruddham chittam yoga sevaya niruddham chittam uparamate Now in the four verses the Lord describes what is called yoga. So yoga is of course the abidance of the mind and the self wherein there is a devoid, you know, which is devoid of the duality. So that is the state of yoga. Atmasamstam manakrutva nakinchit apichintayet When the mind abides in the self and free from other distractions. So that abidance of the mind in the self is called yoga. So vyatra means where. Where means in which this state of yoga, wherein the mind abides. 
and that doesn't have to be any you see in the beginning all of this requires practice which is what we call nididhyasaram of having to bring the mind back to the self again and again and again but ultimately it just becomes something effortless meaning that even then even when no practice is done then also the mind remains in the self that is what we call the jivan mukta the one who is liberated who doesn't have to make any any more effort now to have to make this mind abide in the self because all the obstacles have been removed so he says here yatr uparate chittam chittam yatr yasmin kale yoga sevaya yoga anushthanena sarvasmadashyat nivartam sada uparamade uparatim gachade and what kind of mind is it yoga sevaya niruddham 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 in that mind which has been you can say the mind which has been focused upon the self sometimes it's a mind that has been still and such expressions are used meaning yoga anusthane sarvasmad vishayat nivaritam sada mind that has been made free from its preoccupations and its distractions by the method that we just discussed earlier by abhyasa and vairagya so by the vairagya and the abhyasa this is yoga vairagya meaning making the mind see again and again the nature of reality of the things and make the mind free again and again from its projections that's all all we have to do is to make the mind free from its projections from its notions nothing else so that so vairagya meaning making the mind free from projections reactions or uh, or conclusions which are based on ignorance not based on the true nature of the things and this constantly when the yogi does this going coming eating drinking all the time the mind is is engaged in this yoga sevaya by the yoga anusthanena by the anusthana or the performance of the yoga of this nature called vaira abhyasa and vairagya vishayad nivartam sat uparamate that which has been withdrawn or made free from its preoccupation with projections uparamate uparatim gachati and thus it becomes abiding uparama mind becomes abiding so when or in which state on account of a long practice of abhyasa and vairagya the mind which has been made free from the factors which disturb him or distract him and thus mind which has become tranquil and abiding in the self then what happens yatra cha evam atmana atmanam atmani pasyanna atmanam pasyanna seeing the self how atmana pasyanna by the self where atmani pasyanna in the self seeing the self by the self in the self because everything is a self seeing the self by the self the second self means the mind seeing the self by this enlightened mind in the self in one's own mind so 
by the knowledge, seeing the self in one's own mind, meaning seeing the nature of the self. <coughs> you said earlier, Atmai Vedam Sarvam Natadhanyat Kinchirasti. All there is, is Atma alone. And there is nothing other than the self. So this is a vision that self, Shantoham, Shivoham, Purnoham, Soham, that I am. Shivoham, I am Shivaha. Shiva means auspicious, pure, tranquil, happiness, freedom. So Purnoham, I am complete, I am full. So in this vision, mind becomes abiding. So this is what one sees within oneself, by oneself. In short, for seeing fullness, uh, you know, you do not require any object. It is not an object. That's the reason why sense organs are not required. And it is the nature of self. It is self-shining or self-revealing. That's the reason why no effort also is required. Yatra chayiva atmana atmanam atmani pasyanna tushyati kinchetra yasmin kale atmana by the mind samadhi parishuddhena antahkaranena there's a mind that has been completely purified by this practice of abhyasa and vairagya. So this is a practice of purification of the mind. Practice of purification of the mind. What is impurity of the mind? Impurity is nothing but the various projections which result into what we call ragadveshas. So various projections of the mind. Which projections have arisen from ignorance. All which projections often continue even habitually. And thus, cleaning, cleansing the mind constantly. Samadhi parishuddhena antahkarana. By the mind that has been cleansed in this manner with this practice of abhyasa and the vairagya. Atmanam pasyan. One sees a self. Atmanam param chaitanyam jyotiswarupam pasyan upalabhyamanaha. Seeing the self as param chaitanyam Seeing oneself as plain and simple conscious being. Who am I? I am the person or simple conscious being. Illuminating everything. Shining in its own right and illuminating everything. Not participating anywhere. Just illuminating. Just of the nature of presence. Self which is just awareness. The witness. The illuminator of the nature of presence. Therefore you can call it silence. This Atmanam Param Jyoti Swarupam of the nature of Jyoti. Jyoti means light. Light of awareness. Light of illumination. <coughs> Pashyan one sees. Because the mind has become pure and therefore it is able to see the self or be able to understand the self which is also pure. <coughs> this seeing is not of course seeing with the sense organ or objectifying the mind itself reveals, as long as, as long as the mind is extrovert, so long the mind is incapable of revealing the nature of the self. When this mind is purified and becomes self-abiding, self-centered, that mind itself is revealing mind, which reveals myself as, as Purnavham, Shantoham. Svasminneva Atmaneva Tushyadi Tushtim Bhajade He discovers a total Tushti, meaning total contentment. A total satisfaction, a total fullness or fulfillment within oneself, by oneself, in oneself. 
no visheshu meaning that tushti that happiness or that contentment or that total satisfaction that arises for what reason no reason at all the self is a reason no visheshu he doesn't require any sense object doesn't require an experience self is of the nature of experience and therefore self is that happiness or total satisfaction never one sees oneself as of the nature of that satisfaction or happiness and what effort is required by oneself in oneself one sees oneself as total happiness or tranquility not happiness in terms of something again in terms of something emerging out of what it is happiness in terms of because for example in deep sleep let us say when we say that we are experiencing happiness in deep sleep what is that happiness there is no sensation involved there and still there is happiness so happiness need not necessarily be associated with sensation sensation is always expression of rajas so here we are talking of tranquility so all of these ultimately culminates into tranquility you see they talk of different moods or different sentiments in drama etc there are navarasa or nine different kinds of sentiments are there sentiments of valor and sentiment of fighting and sentiment of i don't know sadness and all kinds of sentiments are there so what is considered the most exalted sentiment shantarasa shantarasa means the sentiment of total tranquility so all the, sen- the all the sentiments ultimately culminate into tranquility is not a state of boredom or state of you know void or something it is that everything culminates so all the sensations culminate into that which is free from any kind of a because sensation also involves a duality and so culmination of all the uh, what we call the sensation or any kind that kind of experience which involves even a certain amount of uh, certain amount of duality or experience or, or uh, some happening when all the happening like this that's that's culminated into what we call the total tranquility tushtim bhajade nivisheshu thus one sees oneself as of the nature of total contentment or total satisfaction <coughs> and all one has to do is what just work on removing obstacles don't have to worry about what you know all one has to do is this is something natural by nature i'm if the mind again is tranquil it will naturally abide happiness is something natural one doesn't have to create it all one has to do is as you said remove that obstacles by abhyasa and vairagya seek to remove the obstacles by abhyasa vikshepa raga raja rajas and tamas <coughs> and again describing the idea further in verse 105 sukhamatyantikam yattad sukhamatyantikam yattad buddhigrahyamatindriyam buddhigrahyamatindriyam veti yatrana chaivayam veti yatrana chaivayam 
स्थितचलति अगेन यत्र वेयर ऑल दैट कंटिन्यूज सो वेयर एट व्हाट टाइम और इन विच स्टेट ऑफ अबाइडेंस व्हिच इज योगा सुखम आत्यंतिकम यत्तत किंचेत्र यस्मिन काले आत्मनि स्थितोयम योगी आत्यंतिकम दिस योगी हु अबाइड्स इन द सेल्फ आत्यंतिकम आत्यंतिक अंत अंत मीन्स एंड सो अंतम अतीत्य वर्तते इति आत्यंतिकम सो अत्यंतमेव भवति सो दैट वेर इज नो अंत एथ लेट्स को आत्यंतिक अंत मीन्स एंड अति मीन्स टू ट्रांसेंड वेर द एंड एज मीन ट्रांसेंडेड इसको आत्यंतिकम मिनी विच डजेंट हैव एनी काइंड ऑफ लिमिटेशन अनंतम विच इज फ्री फ्रॉम एनी लिमिटेशन ordinarily happy so just to compare this happiness with the ordinary ha- happiness that we experience when there is an experience of an object and when you experience happiness there is always an anta there is always a limitation limitation in terms of intensity limitation in terms of time so this happiness of the self which has no limitation in terms of time is not that it arises and it goes away it just is not that it can be improved upon because improvement is always possible in case of duality this is no improvement possible because if there is any kind of distance when there is a distance between myself and happiness whatever distance is there that can you know then i feel that there is some scope of improvement when there is no distance because it is happiness which is myself never there is no scope of improvement that is that sukham or happiness is called atyantikam and lord krishna says atindriyam that happiness is atindriyam indriya means sense organs atindriya that which transcends the sense organs meaning that happiness which is not born of sense organs this happiness not born of some kind of a contact of sense object with sense organ this is not born that's all but just to contrast it from the ordinary experience of happiness is always born when my sense organs or my mind contacts something that i consider desirable then that arises what we call a an expression of what we call happiness that's a reaction actually so happiness also arises as a reaction to something which i consider desirable but this happiness is not a reaction and therefore it is not arisen as a result of contact with any sense object so atindriya meaning it is not something that is within the scope of sense organs always sense organs are not brought into operation for the experiencing of which happiness avishaya janitam not born of any vishaya of the sense object however even though it is not born it is still known so lord krishna says buddhi grahyam that is grahyam बुद्धिया गृह्यमाणम दैट विच इज ग्रास्ड बाय द बुद्धि ग्रास्ड बाय द इंटेलेक्ट दैट मीन्स दैट देर इज एन अवेयरनेस ऑफ दिस हैप्पीनेस दैट विच इज ग्रास्ड बाय माय माइंड बट दैट विच इज फॉर विच द सेंस ऑर्गन्स ऑपरेशन इज नॉट रिक्वायर्ड विच हैप्पीनेस डजेंट हैव एनी बाउंड्री एट ऑल विच इज बाउंडलेस हैप्पीनेस द बाउंडलेस वंस यू कॉल बाउंडलेस दैट मीन्स ऑल काइंड ऑफ सेंसेशन गोज अवे 
So in order to actually remove any kind of uh, concept or notions we may have about happiness, this you add the word boundless. So Lord Krishna says atyantikam sukham. So boundless happiness, which is no boundary, not born of any sense object, not within the scope of sense organs, because every sense organ is limited. That which is known to me. That's all. The sukham that is known to me. Veti, this wise man, this yogi, Veti knows this happiness. Knows this happiness which is his own self. Nacha evayam sthitaha yatra sthitaha tatvataha nachalati. Kincha atmani sthitoyam tatvataha tasmat atma surupat nachalati na prachyavade. And this yogi who abides thus in the self, nachyavade. He doesn't get deviated. Atma surupat nachalati na prachyavade. Meaning, this is the abidance and therefore the yogi does not get deviated or distracted from that. He just remains abiding in that. <coughs> we'll continue it tomorrow. Om Puranamadaf Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavantau Punah Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha